what is going to happen to us on Monday when we're all together again? I mean, I consider you guys my friends. Bueller. Bueller. I can't believe this. They forgot my birthday. What do you need a fake ID for? So I can vote. And I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Now no. I am. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I hate, life. I hate everything. I don't know Bye. how I don't know how oh. that happened. Okay. We gotta mention it. We no, no, you, no! I'll mention it myself. Close um, <laughs> yourself right now. Okay. Uh, three, two, one. Uh, you're listening to Not Another Teen Podcast, the podcast where we think we're recording for 16 minutes and we're not. Um, I am your host Cole Garner, and <laughs> I'm here with uh, uh, Pablo Vargas. Pablo Vargas. <laughs> I hate everything. Yeah. Uh, and Chris <laughs> Moran. <laughs> yeah. <I mean. laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Um. So. Oh my god. It's it's John Hughes. Um. July guys. John Hughes July. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Story time. Um. We just recorded for sixteen minutes, and we're doing it, it was starting to turn out like a really good episode. So now you guys get this episode. I don't know what this one will be. <laughs> the tone has changed completely. <laughs> when Cole told us that we were not recording the whole time, um, oh come on, you God. look. I I knew something was off, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" I open up OBS. And I'm like, "How did I miss this?" Oh my God! Uh, uh, so now we're here, but it's oh, John Hughes I'm July. To your so. House. I was clapping so hard. <laughs> Can't swear right now. But if you could. I, could. I could. I could. I would. But it's John Hughes July, and that's something to celebrate, right? This month, we're going over um, John Hughes's main four coming-of-age movies. So this week, we're starting off with 16 Candles, um, and then we're going to go on to The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Pretty in Pink. We're skipping Weird Science because that's uh, it's not really a it's it's a coming of age movie, but it's a little hey, hey. it's a little eighties. Well, we'll do it eventually. Uh, but Correct. right now we're focusing on John Hughes's main four. Uh, I've seen them, Pablo. You haven't. Uh, no, this is all new to me. Yeah, I've seen and, most of them. I've, this is my first John Hughes movie. You named. Wait, is it Pretty in Pink that you haven't seen? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fine. yeah. That one isn't directed by John Hughes. Just a disclaimer: it's written, but um, it's it's important. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to do what have we been watching? Pablo, what have you been watching? Oh, let me repeat myself. After, yeah, please uh, repeat know, yourself. My review of Police please. Story. Yes. Okay. Well, I saw <laughs> Police Story starring Jackie Chan, directed by him, and uh, like I said. Uh, 16 minutes ago, or whatever. Uh, it was epic. Uh, I loved it. I did not know that Jackie Chan had uh, good comedic timing in his movies. Uh, and the action was just epic. It, the stunt work was just amazing. And he 
he even called it uh, himself his own masterpiece. Uh, is it in English? In English? Uh, no, I saw it with um the original language. Okay. Yeah, was... subtitles. I wasn't yes. sure. Um. <clears throat> Because you said comedic timing, and sometimes it's comedic timing can sometimes not translate. Um, so it's uh, a, yeah. I think it worked well for me because it's most like the expression and like when you, re I'm kind of used to reading the subtitles really quick. Yeah. Like when I look back up, like I can yeah. see like emotion and what's going on. Um, there's a specific scene. I I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a specific scene that involves a woman, and and then eventually it's recorded. And then eventually, in the next scene, uh, it sounds out of context, and it's just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> That's okay. all I'm saying. Yeah, you got spoiling. You watched on Criterion, right? Yeah, it's Criterion. Oh man, uh, I bought it. I... I bought it on Amazon. I'm so jealous. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I own six Criterion movies, I think. Uh, Breakfast Club, Seven Seal, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, On the Waterfront. No, I own four. I forgot, yeah. about, I forgot about Benjamin Button. Yeah, then in that case, I got four, too. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, I got four of them. Because okay. I got Police Story 2 with the first one. Oh, it came with both? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Really cool case. Yeah, that's one thing I love about Criterion, is that their cases are always super high quality. And I partially buy Blu-rays for the cases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Chris, what have you been watching? Please um, repeat yourself about Scoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, um, Scoop, <laughs> uh, which I think I gave it one star. Letterbox. What? Yeah. Um, really? I didn't like it too much. One star. Yeah. God. Yeah. Okay. You want to give us a non-spoiler review because I haven't seen it. Well, the thing about me is that the voice actor for Shaggy kind of got annoying mm. after a while. Really, of really course. annoying after a while. <laughs> that, that... Like, little bits of it, I could probably deal with, but a full-length movie? Meh. That really sucks. Like, yeah. It was, uh, oh, gosh, what was his name? Uh, Will something was playing Shaggy, oh, I think? Um, um, Will, um, Will Forte. Yeah, Will Forte. I don't know. Whenever I saw him get casted, I was worried. Like yeah, the entire internet. Um, <laughs> he's he's an all right actor, I guess, yeah. for like TV live action and stuff. But just not for Shaggy. Yeah, I mean, no one's gonna top Matthew Lillard. Even the original no. Shaggy doesn't top Matthew Lillard. So it's yeah. just come on. I think they should have gotten Matthew Lillard for it. Yeah. I mean, you should have gotten the original cast from the from the first movie. I mean, like... The other one sounded all right. I mean, it was just Shaggy that sounded off to me. Yeah, I mean, they got... It was Zach Efron as Freddy, I think, that I saw. And yeah. I was like, that's like perfect casting. I was I was excited about that one. I was like, if anyone's going to play Shaggy that isn't Frank Wilker, it should be Zach Efron. Matthew. You mean Fred? What did I say? You said Shaggy. Oh, well, yeah. 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 No, no, Fred. I mean, if Frank Walker wants to try out Shaggy, I'd be down for it. Just voice three of the characters now. Yeah. Voice all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for mine, I'm going to come and repeat myself now. Um, 
we go for it. Go for it. We haven't made an episode in a while, and I would like to give recommendations because we haven't made an episode in a while of movies that I've watched in the last month or so. Uh, cool, real quick. Hmm. I'm gonna pretend like I I didn't hear you the first time, like ten minutes ago. Okay. This is all new to me. Yep. Yep. What did you talk about? What did you watch? <laughs> oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, I, my first recommendation would be Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, which is um, a document documentary about the man who played um, Jesse in Nightmare on Elm Street to Freddy's Revenge. Wow. Yeah, wow. it's on, it's on Shudder. Um, since you guys aren't going to ask me about it, I'm just going to say that it's <laughs> fantastic and highly, highly recommend it. Eventually, we're going to do Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Probably, hopefully in October. I don't know. I think October is going to be a horror month. Um, yeah, that makes sense. most likely. Yeah. Let's talk about Friday the Thirteenth, Dream, Nightmare on Elm Street, or the one you're talking about, number two, Halloween. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Halloween, but well, <laughs> well, well, maybe we'll talk about it. Um, it involves teens. Yeah, it does, but that doesn't make it a teen movie. Correct. Um, right. Another one I would say, uh, I re I rewatched Get Out for like the third time, and every time it actually becomes a better movie, and more and more I think it's literally perfect. So if you guys haven't seen Get Out, what are you doing? Yeah, um, what are you doing? Elijah Woods, Come to Daddy. Um, he stars in that one. It's a first time director, Ant Timpson, and it's it's kind of a horror movie, but it's kind of not. It's hard to describe because I've never seen anything like it. It's definitely not perfect, but for a directorial debut, it's a must-watch. Uh, I I am a super fan of Hamilton, so Hamilton on Disney Plus is a must-watch. And yeah, that's about it. Today I watched 4V Ferrari and Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah, no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch that. <laughs> I'll make you watch it at some point. Oh, oh wait, guys. Not. Crap. What? No, I'm just kidding. I'm still recording. No, <laughs> don't scare us. Oh! I'm in the exact same spot as last time. But this week, now we're back. We're in an uncharted territory now. We are now uncharted. back to where we were. Uh, we're talking about 16 Candles. So first impressions for both of you, um, since you both neither of you remembered it well, go. You go first, Chris. Yeah, you go um, first. That it was it's pretty good, uh, for the most part. Yeah, a little outdated. <laughs> Some of the jokes are a little outdated. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, like I said, like some racist jokes, mm-hmm. maybe just homophobic jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just really outdated comedy. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, Pablo, before you give yours, um, I'm going to give a little disclaimer that we in no way support some of the things that are said in this movie. I don't, I don't know why I would have to say this, but I do want to say it. Uh, we don't support the homophobia or the ableist comments or the racist comments or anything else. It's very 80s. 
but it is a classic and we're going to talk about it because that's what the podcast is made for okay now you can continue have, now pablo we have, to, we have to remember this this was a completely different time yep it was so, but that does not cool. mean that we support I, it the, yeah no we're a completely different generation yep um what was i gonna say it, it was all right um i i, I was entertained by it um it, it was fun uh some moments were awkward uh, I, I have <laughs> issues with like two characters. I think one we can all agree we have issues with. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about Dawn. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. think I think we can get into that first. Uh, we'll talk we, about uh, we can talk about the problematic stuff first. I think so. We'll start with Dawn. Let's get. Let's start. With... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's I, start with Dawn. Yeah, it, that one. Uh, I think that that's the most blatant John Hughes thing that he does in the movie, that he doesn't do in the Breakfast Club, or Ferris Bueller, or, or anything like that, because what, he was being, being racist. racist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he, John Hughes. I'm gonna actually think I should explain this. Um, you guys don't know this because you didn't research the movie like always. But the reason why Sixteen Candles was made before The Breakfast Club was because it was so close to his other work, okay? Um, so he wrote The Breakfast Club first, and he really, really wanted to make it. And he had a modest budget for it, um, so he brought it to a studio, and the studio read it, and they liked it, but they were expecting something like National Lampoon, which is very much what 16 candles is at least with yeah. like the like with it's the character mix. of dong and like that like it's almost it, yeah it's a mix but um so the studio is like okay well we like this but we don't know if you're a good director right like we know that you yeah. can write jokes do you have anything else and he had just written 16 candles so he brings it to the studio and they love that script they're like this is exactly what we are expecting from you if you make this movie, then you can make The Breakfast Club, we promise. So, he... This, this is what we expected. We expected yeah. the racism and the homophobia. And yeah, like, literally, yeah. that's what they were expecting, was the stuff in Sixteen Candles. So, he, Hughes goes and he makes Sixteen Candles, and then he makes The Breakfast Club afterwards. And we'll talk about the second half of that story in the next episode. But, yeah, he... This isn't was not meant to be his first movie, but I think that it needed yeah. to be his first movie, to like, cause it's like a transition away from the crap that he was writing, that was super racist and everything, you know. <laughs> like the movie still is super racist, including the character of Dong. Yeah. Yeah. Get off track a little bit. Yeah. Go <laughs> off track. Go for it. That kind of reminds me of the same thing that happened to the directors of the uh, of the Matrix, the Wachowskis, because uh, didn't they like introduce the Matrix to the uh, to Fox? It was Fox, right? Uh, yeah, Fox. Uh, yeah. Just, no, it was, was Warner, Fox? Brothers Warner Brothers. Who Warner did... Brothers. Warner yeah. Brothers. And uh, I think they they love they love the idea, but you know, same thing. They didn't have like you know, any credits, any uh, yeah. direct directing. So they eventually directed something sure i don't remember what it was but they eventually they they liked it a lot 
forever first. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, uh, Wachowskis have two credits before. Uh, Assassins yeah, and Bound. So, yeah, but eventually the studio loved it, and they yeah. that led to the Matrix. I mean, that became a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, I think that that may be... Yeah. Um, that's possible many, often. Many, many directors, many artists. Yeah. Like, I don't remember who the um, the filmmakers were, but I remember a story of Sam Raimi. Um, he was at a film fest and saw a short film, uh, a horror film fest, and he saw it, a pers- two people's short films that they did together, and he went up to them and he was like, uh, hey, I really like this. Can you guys bring me your five best scripts? <laughs> Or something, and he's like, uh, they're like, uh, how about two? And he was like, okay, uh, come by my office that at the end of the week. And they didn't have any scripts. Oh my god! So um, <laughs> I don't. I I wish I remembered who they were because they went on and actually directed a big movie. Um, for Directed that he. Don't breathe, right? I think it may have been the directors of Don't Breathe. Um, Don't breathe. But they they sat down and they wrote two scripts in a week and they brought it to him and he chose one of them and the rest is history. I think it was Don't Breathe it could have been Crawl. I, I think it was Don't Breathe. It was Don't Breathe. Yeah. It, it, Crawl what was like after. Yeah, I think Here. that that's definitely possible that it was Don't Breathe. But yeah, it's like, I think that this is something that happens in Hollywood a lot. What What do you guys think about like having a character like that in the 80s? Um, yeah. In just... the 80s, after I feel like it was okay-ish. Yeah. For the time. Uh, uh, well, humor, humor has been evolving almost every decade. Uh, I think in the seventies they still had a character in Saturday Night Live who was a a samurai played by John Belushi. Uh, he was a very famous character, though. He was very famous. Everybody liked that character. Um. Uh, but uh. There's a difference with this guy, Don. Don Duck Don. Yeah. Um, yeah. He has a Viet at Vietnam name, Viet, Vietnamese. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, Vietnamese. He's supposed to be Chinese, uh, but he has Japanese culture. <laughs> and he, and from what I've heard, I think the, the actor got South Korean accent from his friend. That's oh, it's true. like a combination of all Asians in one character. And, uh, don't forget uh, the, I think I think but he was he was beloved by many people uh, at the time. Yeah, people thought it was uh, funny. Except for Asians though. No. <laughs> uh, there's a documentary about uh about Asian Americans and, and supposedly in the eighties they were called dongers. Dongers. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it, uh the actors that played um Long the Don, uh, Don got a lot of hate from other Asian people because of his that name's character. His like Jeed Wantabe, something like that. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, he. I read something about that too. Like he, I, I was watching an Entertainment Tonight segment. I think it was Entertainment Tonight. It was on YouTube, um, where he was talking about it, and he was like laughing about it. But he was also saying like, I kind of wish I did things different. Um, which I yeah. guess that's, I think I, I wonder if Hughes was alive today, if he would wish he would have done things different. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's that, it's, it's that of type of thing. a complicated character because he does, 
sort of entertain us in, in some clips. Not the not the whole thing. No. But it kind of kind of cringy, kind of kind of cringy at some point. It's yeah. You're kind of like, ugh. I no. think they overused the the oh, gong sound effect oh. a little bit. I don't think they need it at all, dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> that gong. I mean, every time he walks in, man, and it's like every single time. It's Actually, no, no. It's only like in the first uh, first couple of minutes. No, it's not after uh, it, they stop doing it after he leaves the house. After he leaves the house, he's just partying, getting drunk, and there's uh, no more dog sound after that. But but they they did it like they used it a lot in uh, the first yeah. five minutes him yeah I, they also use it whenever um jake ryan goes to her house and knocks on the door and then like you hear the gong sound effect before he opens it and then he like gets yeah. scared uh but yeah it's just it's it's a lot to take in watching the movie um that's it's <laughs> i think it's that's the main thing that just doesn't age well because like a lot of the other stuff his words that they use that they used in the eighties a lot, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So like you still can't endorse it, but also if you're trying to make a movie that's very accurate to the eighties, characters did use it. Well realistically you know? people still use those words. They shouldn't. Like conversations. But yeah. it's also yeah. it's also like not as prominent as it was then. Like the racism is I think is the biggest part biggest deal in the movie probably <laughs> it's with yeah. that one character like yeah. i said it's just a combination of all asians in one the other problematic thing is uh this one's pretty this one's pretty rough too uh with the date rape uh yeah where what? it's well um whenever uh jake and the geek are talking about like He's like, I have Caroline upstairs, and I could violate her seventeen different ways if I wanted to, oh. and saying stuff like that, that stuff's rough too. <laughs> but yeah, they age well. No, They're not uh, age well Molly, at all. Molly Ringwald actually made an essay, like during the Me Too movement about it, and saying how she wished she would have done things different with John Hughes, because she was like, I don't, I don't think that Hughes really meant for any of this stuff to be like he would never have wanted people to be mad about these things. Mm-hmm. And he w- would often listen to her whenever she was like, Hey, maybe we could cut this out. And there are things that like, she was 15 when she were in this role. Um, same as Anthony Michael Hall. Um, they were both 15. And, they were both 16. Uh, the movie came out when they were 16. They filmed it at 15. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, there's just, I I I get it. Like she is just talking about how like these movies are problematic. There's some things in the Breakfast Club that don't work anymore. We'll have to talk about that next week. It, there's actually one scene that doesn't work in the Breakfast Club. Um, but at the same time, it's a product of its time. I just wanted to talk about this a little bit. But now we can move on to the actual movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you guys can just name off anything. Uh, I I have mixed feelings with um, the Anthony Michael Hall. Well, I don't know his name. His character, the geek. Uh, That's his name geek. in the script is the geek. Geek Farmer Ted. Farmer Ted. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, 
from the beginning. Yeah, he just felt like a creep, man. <laughs> Super. <laughs> Super. <laughs> he was a creeper. Yeah. Feeling that yeah. that could have been a future serial killer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said he's like a future Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, he's like he's weird, man. He's he's rough. I don't know. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't making bets about if I could get a girl's underwear by the end of the night as a freshman. Uh, <laughs> no, with John Cusack, but you gotta yeah, find someone. Used to go to high school in the eighties and ask them, "Hey, was this was this true?" Dude, I, I I have no idea. Like the thing is, I tend to think all of this stuff is accurate to the eighties. Because of how popular these movies were. Yeah, like it could have been accurate. But... But I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, nerds did get... they get a bad reputation on media? Probably. Probably. I feel... Maybe. Like, even in... Uh, this is sidetracked, but in Freaks and Geeks in the 90s, which is just a fantastic show, but um, the nerds in that are shown a lot better than this. I don't know. Like, maybe there's some kind of cultural disconnect with how Hughes is writing them. But, I don't know. After, with The Breakfast Club, I would say probably not. Because he writes those those so well. More oh. better. What about it, Chris? Uh, um, I just... I can't. I guess I kind of get why how they forgot uh, Molly Ringwald's character's birthday. But uh, then again, yeah, you have to be kind of like crappy parents to forget your kid's birthday. Yeah. My parents forgot my birthday one time. I didn't care. I didn't care about my birthday. <laughs> Wait, they actually forgot. like forgot your birthday? I forgot my birthday. It took them like a while later that day, like at night. Oh my god! Wait, like wait, wait, wait. Wait, when, what, what year was this? No, I think it was like 14 or 15. One of those. Bruh, that's, a, Bruh. that's great. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> oh, no. But, yeah. That, that, you just got to be like some kind of like crappy parent to forget. Yeah. Even, would... even if one of your kids is getting married like the next day, you, you'd still have to remember. Call my parents crappy, Chris. <laughs> it's just like oh yeah there's i couldn't imagine that happening like my sister's getting married soon and so like it's like if my birthday was the day before i would expect to get just as much treatment as she does the next day <laughs> i forget uh she was getting married to probably a mob <laughs> the mafia for real, for real <laughs> man. like i'm pretty sure the parents forgot for a pretty good reason reasonable yeah, they're pretty like, stressed yeah, yeah, they're... yeah they were pretty stressed. like we, we gotta just sign these papers we gotta pay for everything or we're gonna get whacked come on <laughs> grand oh, god dang it <laughs> more come out or something uh what about the wedding scene the and wedding. The wedding scene, scene is so funny. Man. Oh, wait, what was she on? I forgot. Bro, I don't even. It didn't show her take anything. I don't think. It's just like she's just on something, and it, 
it was so awkward, but so, so like uh, that was probably John Hughes's like comedy at its best is something like that. <laughs> because like he established it well with like her like marrying into the mob and like then getting totally wasted and off of, off of like, whatever she was on. Yeah. It's beautiful. The freaking husband had to help him in the help her to the freaking car. <laughs> she took his hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, oh, we just skipped a lot to the end. Uh, hold on. What happened before this, man? Oh, my bad. My bad. All right. My bad. My bad. Okay. What did happen before it then, Pablo? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're going to call me out and not know what you're going to say? Anthony Hall taking the. Uh, Jack Ryan's girlfriend to uh, throw her away or something. He's picking her back and to her house. Oh, the Rolls Royce. Oh, the Rolls. <laughs> the Rolls Royce. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall was talking in an oh, interview yeah. like last year or somewhere um, whenever he was doing promo for a newer movie. Um, mm-hmm. And he was talking about his favorite scene to film as a kid was the one where uh, he goes and get John's he goes and gets John Cusack and the other guy out of the house and like just filming that scene with him. He is like, oh, yeah. he's talking about how fun it was. The cast all said that they, they had a blast. It was probably like, uh, what's her name? The, uh, both of those actors, the ones that were 15. Yeah. Um, they, they both said that that was probably the most fun uh, they had filming with uh, John Hughes. Yeah. It, it, like, it'd be a fun movie to, to film. Both like, like their summer camp. Yeah, it, like the film is completely insane, but it's also, I think it'd be a really fun one to sit down and act in. Or what, sit down and just like hang out on the set with and just watch them act. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Anthony Michael Hall, other than John Cusack, probably has the biggest career out of everyone in this movie. To get off track a little bit. Um,. Yeah, he has. He's gonna be in like Halloween Kills this year. Um, yeah, as Tommy, reprising Tommy. his role, right? That's that's the kid, right? Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, he played the kid. Yeah. Right? Is that right? What are you talking about? He didn't play, play the kid, maybe. Wait, Tommy Doyle is the kid in Halloween. Yeah, yeah, that's the kid in Halloween. Okay, he's playing him, but he didn't play him in the yeah. original movie. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hey. Oh. Hold up. Hold up. Uh yeah, he's but he has like a he has an okay career. Um but like looking at Molly Ringwald, uh she's in like some Riverdale stuff, but she hasn't done much. The guy who plays Jake literally disappeared. Well, not real not literally. People know where he is. Um but he doesn't do movies. He hasn't done it since the nineties. He did an Damn. interview and then left Hollywood that day. Uh, that way. So that's it's interesting, isn't that was ninety two? I think. Well, he's building mattresses or something. Yeah. The that's heck? a simple life, basically. Yeah, he went to a simple yeah, life. That, that's okay. The family, some mattresses. I certainly money. don't blame him. But he was like, he's like Hollywood's it boy for two seconds, and then quit. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken in 91. And it, it was his last movie. Yeah. 
But yeah, he he could have been an it boy, but he can't simple do life is for Paul. What? He can't he can't do like what uh, Rick Moranis did. What he did? He acted. He acted in like a few movies and then wanted to start a simple life. It's like how um, Daniel Day Lewis has always wanted to just make shoes. <laughs> Like, that's all he's wanted to do in his life. He's such a good actor. Hollywood keeps paying him millions. <laughs> but literally, all he wants to do is become a shoe cobbler. He keeps, like, every time he makes a movie, he's like, okay, I'm retiring now. And then a few years later, he's, like, pulled out of the retirement. Dang. Like an action hero in the 80s. <laughs> hey, we need you, buddy. <laughs> Daniel, we need you. It's me. Here's a I, I, <laughs> Throw us back on track real quick. Um, anybody else think that uh, the main character's family kind of kind of messed up? They're they're the oddest family in movies. Weird. It's it's so, it's so weird. Pretty weird. Grandparents. I don't know from what side. But, <laughs> the grandparents. Uh, <laughs> no, the grandparents had one of the best scenes in the movie though. Oh yeah, well okay, there's two grandparents. I yeah. think you're talking about the one where they're sleeping in bed and they get a phone call from Jack Ryan, which was hilarious. That was hilarious, dude. Uh, I'm talking about the other one. That we're kinda kinda uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, her, her age and they bring up Yeah, when they uh they felt her up. And then the yeah. next scene, she just goes, "I can't believe my grandparents felt me up." And then we're not gonna, we're not gonna talk about this anymore. Uh, <laughs> is this, are we done like, now? Whoa, whoa. You just get her Alabama, man. Yeah, that was that was a weird scene. But really? the other parents, grandparents are great. <laughs> they have a great scene. Oh my god. <laughs> um, what? I was trying not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like the other grandparents were just hilarious. The phone call from Jack Ryan. They yeah, just like phone call. They, it's so funny. They <laughs> 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 they're just waiting for him to call again. <laughs> yeah, they're they're waiting, and then they start calling him like, "You will not make my granddaughter a whore." It's so funny. <laughs> it's, it's literally a perfect scene. Like that's why. Like the, to me, that's why the movie is a classic. Um, is because there are scenes like that that are actually like comedic genius, and the timing is perfect in all in in it. You know, it's just yeah. like there are things around it that aren't so great. It, to me, it's like a perfectly fine three star movie. Kind of the whole thing just revolves around what's the main character's name? I, I don't remember her name. Samantha. Samantha. Yeah. Just. Samantha, uh, being a crush, the yeah. whole movie, the very end. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's, I think that's that the that's whole. the genius of John Hughes. Um, there out of the four that we're going to be talking about, three of them take place in less than forty-eight hours, which is insane. Um, <laughs> Pretty in Pink takes place basically in one day, and then like the last five minutes. Which is the wedding? Yeah. Um, Breakfast Club takes place on a, just a Saturday morning. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, is just a day on the town. 
and that's I think that that's why these movies are still great is because they're not trying to be like well Ferris Bueller's Day Off is trying to be a big spectacle movie but the others aren't like um Pretty in Pink is about a dance like a girl trying to get a date to a dance um Breakfast Club is just five people staying in detention um uh, 16 Candles is just Samantha trying to get a date it's it's none of these plots are super like huge they're, they're simple they're not over the top like that's not how teens live yeah and over either like riverdale yeah i mean like <laughs> if you look at um easy a for example like easy a is an over the top teen movie it's not a bad movie but it's definitely over the top um but uh john hughes movies other than weird science which is why we're not talking about them with these because it's very different. Um, they're Science, way over the top. Yeah, and and they're not relatable at all. But that's another podcast. Um, these <laughs> all of the his characters are at least a little bit relatable to a certain point. <laughs> like even like Jake, uh, even though he's kind of not the greatest person in the world, um, he's like his whole arc is just wanting to become better. Like he's like, I want to actually be with someone who's gonna like like me, instead yeah. of just want to party. Which is like, that's character growth. <laughs> so, character growth. Like it's. You realize that this girl that he's with just because she cares about his popularity and uh, kind of ruining her his house. Yeah. Yeah, not just do his party, party man. Because of her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, and that's something like anyone can get right it's like okay we've we've i've been with like the people who don't really care about much and like now i'm wanting something a little bit more um and since he's a senior it kind of makes sense that he's starting to think about that stuff even though it's it's with a sophomore which is weird now but wasn't then name a young actor in the 80s around their age like 15 to 23 okay that would have been perfect as anthony michael hall's character and see if you can guess some people who auditioned see if you can guess the main uh, one it's a big guy it's a it's a big name in the 90s um and come big name in the, who get the goonies i was thinking about the goonies right now uh, uh he jim he did carrey. not have oh there it is <laughs> that was quick yeah jim carrey jim All carrey right. yeah he auditioned smh he was big in the 80s Mm-mm. He's he's 90s. Yeah, he's big in the nineties. Nineties. When he blew up. Oh, okay, you were giving me clues. Uh, yeah. I just flew over my. Yeah, he's a, he's barely in anything in the eighties. Yeah. He blows but... up with Ace Ventura basically, and Batman Forever, Actually, and Dumb and Dumber, and, and the Mask, <laughs> and Living Color. Yeah. yeah. And Living Color, and then he went from the Mask. Yeah, then homie had, has a career. <laughs> 90s was his decade. Yeah. I mean, he has some cool stuff going on right now. Um, like, uh, Kidding. That's a cool show. Um, but yeah, the 90s were his year, or his decade. But that was his decade. It's crazy to think that he was almost the geek, because that would mean that he would probably would have been in The Breakfast Club and Weird Science, and that's just a whole different career. Yeah, that'd have been completely different movies. I feel. Yeah. Jim Carrey, I don't, I don't. 
I mean, I think he could he could have pulled it off, but it's just that it's Jim Carrey. He would have been like very over the top, probably even crazy. Well, don't forget that he would have been like at the same around the same age as them at this point. Yeah. So he may not have had that acting style. Uh, but he always has that that acting style ever since like In Living Color. I've actually yeah. watched the show, and almost all his characters are just like. Similar. Oh, okay. Then here comes the math. Here comes Ace Ventura. Yeah, they're yeah. almost like almost <laughs> like a wackier version of him. Yeah. With a different twist. Yeah. Basically. Maybe, maybe I think so. I think he probably would have done like a Jim Jim Carrey style. Of, he yeah. probably would have. I mean, I think that would have worked. It maybe worked better. Honestly. It would have been very cartoony. I think maybe. And I think that maybe Maybe. what the is what the world needed. (laughs) (laughs) And just just putting that out there, it's probably like because a lot of the stuff that Anthony Michael Holt does is cringe, which is just like understandable. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's acting. That's that's definitely the way he wanted to portray it, and he does completely different character in The Breakfast Club, by the way. Um, But yeah, I think. It would have been interesting to see that more of over to the top type thing. Yeah, and in a different dimension, he he plays it. Still thinking about like how he actually managed to get the underwear. <laughs> oh, can I have your underwear? Can I borrow your I underwear for ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, can I borrow my? Can I borrow your underwear for ten minutes? <laughs> well, that was a bold question. Yeah, it was the. the the boldness of this kid is something that made like a dollar <laughs> making uh, money off of it and everything is... <laughs> my brother gave a guy in the bathroom a dollar to see your underwear screams it's <laughs> <laughs> great uh... <laughs> sure uh, I, I, we can leave it there um... but, oh. <laughs> okay that's how we're gonna end it okay <laughs> Uh yeah, so just gonna thank you guys for coming out with me today. Uh, I'm yeah. excited about this month, especially once we get past this one, because all the the next three I truly love. Um, this one is fine, but once we get to the Breakfast Club, it's just an insane jump in quality. Uh, yeah, I like I like the Breakfast Club and uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Both of them have like iconic ending. Wait, whoa. Whoa, hold up, hold up. Before we end, uh, the thing that John Hughes apparently, I just realized, does best is ending his teen movies. Because um, every every single one of the ones that he directed have like iconic teen movie endings. Um, the Kiss at the End of Sixteen Candles, The wow. Fist Bump at um, the... What? The Fist Bump Hello. at The Breakfast Club. Um... And then, like, the entire, like, 15-minute ending sequence of Ferris Bueller, they're all just, like, completely iconic. If you go up to a person and name those movies, that's probably what they're going to think of. Um, and yeah. the end credits thing at Ferris Bueller, of course. But, yeah, that's crazy. I... Yeah. I... <laughs> just blew my mind. Wow. I could have seen Ferris Bueller <laughs> in high school, but because the teacher didn't realize that there was language... Right when he said something about sticking a carrot up someone, uh, can I say? Yeah, you can.
yeah it's yeah well <laughs> it was it was not a carrot it was a diamond yeah it was a, it was diamond. a diamond god I haven't seen the movie. It was like four years. <laughs> it's an iconic I line. Iconic. Oh, you stick it up, and you'll it'll turn into coal. But yeah, it, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see yeah. your reactions to the next few because they're totally different. Um, but yeah, now thank you guys for coming out. Um, thank you, Chris and Pablo, of course, and thank you to everyone listening. If you haven't rated us five stars on iTunes please do so make sure you subscribe and subscribe to us on spotify or whatever else you find your podcast we're on everything uh we really just appreciate any support that we can get and we'll see you next week with the breakfast club